Well, good morning and welcome to Education Matters. We are talking today to two specialists from Putnam County Schools, Melanie Bussell and Jason Stickler. I'm delighted that you both could come out to be with us. We've got a lot to talk about, and particularly we're going to be talking about a phrase or a, a, a strategy called RTI. But uh, let's start by letting everybody know a little bit more about you. Uh, some of our listeners probably haven't met you. So, Melanie, why don't you start and tell everybody about where you grew up and, and where you went to school and how you got to this position. All right. My name is Melanie Bussell, and I am the RTI Learning Loss Supervisor for the Putnam County School System. I am a Cookville, Tennessee resident. I graduated from Cookville High School. I also graduated from Tennessee Tech University. Go Eagles! With my um, undergrad in special education and my master's in health and PE. I uh, have taught special education for 13 years in this district, and then I moved um, into the assistant principal role at Prescott South Middle School. I left Prescott South Middle School to come to the district office as the special education supervisor. I moved from there to the coordinated school health student services supervisor. And then I got to roll in um, the past couple of years into this response to intervention position. So my heart and soul runs deep for kiddos and um, especially kiddos that sometimes struggle. And um, I love to be a part of helping teachers help them to grow and succeed. That's great. Jason. Hi, uh, Jason Stickler, uh, the current ESSER data and testing supervisor for Putnam County Schools. Uh, also a graduate of Cookville High School. I uh, attended uh, Georgia Southern University, am a former uh, high school assistant principal and elementary school principal, uh, moved back home, Cookville is my home, and uh, moved back here um, about five years ago and uh, started as RTI coordinator uh, for the district and then uh, moved into working with ESSER uh, st- uh, in the areas of student support and intervention. Um, and now uh, proudly serving as testing and data supervisor for the county. Well, that's great. And testing and data is a big part of what we'll be talking about. So uh, this is right right online. Jason, if I remember correctly, Georgia Southern, uh, they are the Eagles also. That is correct. Well, you mentioned another phrase that we want to talk about today, and that's ESSER. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and tell everyone what ESSER is. Sure. So in, in response to the COVID pandemic, uh, school districts were allotted uh, three separate federal grants um, to the state. So we received an allotment of funds uh, from the federal government, the state of Tennessee, uh, to use uh, as a response to the effects of COVID-19 pandemic that happened a, a few years ago. Uh, and most recently, ESSER 3 was our latest grant that we received. Uh, Putnam County School System, we took a a portion of those uh, grant funds and turned them back into our RTI program uh, to make it uh, stronger within the county, uh, to offer more student supports uh, in all of our schools, K through through 12. Um, So that's primarily uh, where um, a good majority of our ESSER dollars have have went is to uh, student supports. An RTI. Well, good. And and again, it's there to help as we move forward beyond this history-making time that we've been in, and not just in education, but in, in our entire culture, it seems like. Well, Melanie, uh, let's talk about 
RTI. Let's talk about response to intervention and and what it means, what it means for Putnam County School. I think there's some myths out there. Um, there have been talk in the past that if my child were to go into response to intervention classes, that they were on a track to go into special education. And I think that's the first myth that we need to let everyone know that's not true. So every kid is unique. Every kid has strengths. Every kid has weaknesses. And all we're trying to do within the response to intervention platform is identify those weaknesses within our data, um, see how we can increase those, like play off their strengths, make sure that we are pushing them to the depth as well. Everyone seems to think that response to intervention is solely for a lower-ended score in data, but that's not true. Our kids who are in the 92nd percentile and above are also in a tiered system we have to push them extremely hard because they're super hard to grow because they're already there so rti really starts in the general education classroom it's actual tier one what are we doing for all kids and that's just good coaching i mean that's that's what athletic coaches do every day they take their best players and stretch them right and they take the player that like i was number five on the on the tennis team i'm still on the team but I was not number one, uh, and so that coach stretched me a little differently than he did the the number one player. Absolutely, and I think parents need to understand, like, sometimes they receive letters home that state your child is going to RTI. I hate that term. Um, some of our middle schools have even changed that verbiage within their schedules to focus time or win time, what individuals need. It's really not a punitive statement. It's really, let's take academics. We're shooting for a 70% or higher on our screeners and our end of year exams. And we're really overall big picture looking to help kids get an ACT score that will help pay for their education that's really where all of this drives from we need all four of those act benchmarks passed so those kids get the highest amount of scholarship money that they can get so our parents aren't pulling money from their pockets so if they could just view it in the big picture of we're just trying to take care of some gaps in elementary and middle so we can really meet those those goals to get that money to go to school and that's not just four-year universities that's tcat that's juco wherever they want to go We have to make a path for those kids. ASFAB, for the military, there are lots of goals that we have to set for kids at that high school level. And all we're trying to do in the meantime is get them there so they can be the most successful person they can be. So you mentioned, uh, for either of you, you mentioned myths. That's one of the big myths is it's going to put me into special ed or target me that direction. What are some of the other myths around it? Uh, I think uh, Melanie uh, started to touch on it, is that RTI, is, it's not a placement into a program or or a set, you know, you're, you're fixated into this situation for a year, two years. Uh, you know, our RTI, especially tier one, tier two, uh, very fluid. Uh, students can move in and out of those supports that are offered. Um, you know, one of the things that, that we try to uh, keep in mind across the district is that, you know, all of our students are, are, are tier one students. And when you look at RTI, there's three tiers. You have a tier one, which is all students. You have tier two, and then you have tier three. And, and again, that's not a placement into, in, in, into a box, you know, per se. It's just it's a level of intensity of supports that are offered to a student. To just to get them where they need to be to be successful in the classroom, you know. So, you know, for instance, uh, a third grade student, 
in their ELA class. If the teacher or through their data, through their assignments in their classrooms or tests that they're taking, uh, conversations uh, with, with other uh, members of that, that student's uh, schedule, their, their teachers, you know, it, if it's determined that there's something, a skill gap, you know, maybe a student is not as proficient as they might need to be in phonics or in fluency or in comprehension, which is huge in third grade, then we would offer supports to close that particular gap. You know, so uh, the students, w- the student would go for 30 or 45 minutes a day for that, that really intense assistance in comprehension. And then as soon as we close that particular gap and the student starts to show growth uh, in, in that particular area, then we would, we would kind of back off of that support, you know, um, you know, students can move in and out of those supports, you know, throughout the year. So that's a big myth is that once you're in, you stay in and you're locked in. And that's, that's just not, you know, uh, what, what we like to see, you know, we like to see progression, you know. We'll talk a little bit about how the data are collected. Uh, it's a data-driven system, so mm-hmm. it's based on not just a judgment call, but on, on where the actual numbers show. Tell us about those numbers and how they're collected. So we uh, offer uh, within RTI one of the big data p- uh, pieces that we collect are our sc- screener data. So uh, in our county, uh, we give the Dibbles assessment, which is a basic uh, early literacy skills assessment. We do that in, in grades K through three, um, and students in four through eight they take the iReady reading screener. So every student in Putnam County takes a reading screener, K through 8, and then we also use iReady Math as our math screener. And so we do that three times a year, at the beginning of the year, middle of the year, and at the end of the year. And that's a big component. Um, you know, and, and again, that doesn't mean that, that we automatically place a student. You know, we are a multi-data uh, system, uh, data point system. And so um, after we give those screeners, then we have data teams at each of our buildings that's uh, comprised of our, our, our principals, assistant principals, could be some some counselors, uh, the students' uh, teachers, those who know the students academically the best throughout the instructional day or at the table, uh, kind of working through that data and, and saying, you know, do we need to offer these supports? Is this something that I can handle in the classroom, right? Can we close that gap or do we need to offer uh, additional help throughout the day? Um, and then if a student needs that additional support in either reading or math, um, we're not just going to let them stay there and, and then just test in the winter, you know, in the middle of the year. We're going to progress monitor about every two weeks. Uh, we give uh, just sort of like a little probe uh, in the area that we're assisting the student in, and we make decisions off of, the, off of that data as well. We also have, we have an interventionist um, mm-hmm. in every school. And so that's the lead teacher who is handling the data team meetings. They are going through talking to the teachers. There's set amount of information that the tier one general education teacher brings to that data team meeting because we want to make sure that what we are doing in intervention is actually crossing back over into the tier one classroom and that the tier one teacher says, absolutely, I can tell that this intervention is working. These kids are closing these gaps and I can see it over here in my class and their grades are showing that. So there is an interventionist at each building who kind of leads that work with the administrators. Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick break and then we might come back and talk a little more about that interventionist and the, 
the sort of special role they play and the special skills they bring to the table. And then we'll talk some more about the three tiers and and uh, what that means to, to parents. This is Local Matters, and we will be right back. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region south jefferson avenue across from hardy's shop local at office mart welcome back to local matters we are talking about rti today with melanie bustle and jason stickler and uh talking about the the special role that rti plays in in putnam county schools uh again rti is response to intervention it's used nationally and, and really is used in many other countries, too. Uh, but we were talking right before the break about the role of the interventionists as part of the team that looks at data and then takes that data and looks at a person, looks at a student. So that interventionist has got a really important role to play, don't they? I view that most or really all of our interventionists in Putnam County are probably on their track, on track to be in a leadership position. It's that important. It's they have to have the overall big picture insight. They work very closely with their administrators and they also work very closely with the tier one teachers because they're having to go in and gather information from those teachers and put all of this data together on a spreadsheet that then comes into this data team meeting. And it it has to move. They have about 45 minutes to discuss, sometimes over 200 students. And so they're moving quite quickly through that data and pinpointing exactly do we need to you know can this child now move out of tier two or tier three or do they need to move up or down so they do a lot of work before those four and those data teams happen every four and a half weeks so we are looking that often just to make sure that the the children are placed appropriately that that we're not giving them something that is really too easy or too hard we want to make sure that they're making the gains so the interventionists, I can't brag enough about those. Those are my people. That's who I get to lead, and they are strong in Putnam County. Well, they, um, they've got such an important role to play. So let's, let's talk a moment about the tiers themselves. Tier one is something any student could find themselves in, right? Yep. So tell me about tier two and tier three in terms of, of – um, what the data would show and and uh, how they would be placed in one of those two tiers. So uh, RTI starts at tier one, uh, which would include all students. And, and there's a phrase out there, too. You know, if you go looking you know, up RTI, uh, some districts, uh, you know, use all teachers, RTI teachers, all students are 
uh, RTI students. And, you know, the reason for that is because RTI is exactly that. It is it is how a student is responding to instruction or intervention. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, those data teams are important. You know, every four and a half weeks or so, um, if uh, students who might be showing uh, some struggles in the classroom or are just not where we would need them to be at set points uh, through the year, uh, then the data team would move into offering those tier two supports, right? So tier two would allow that student uh, to go uh, to a specialized staff member, uh, an interventionist um, uh, or another staff member that's maybe uh, highly trained in reading or, or, or math to get 30 minutes of additional assistance uh, in some in a deficit area, you know, um, and then we would go back to the table four and a half weeks later and look at how that intervention or how that student is responding to that intervention. And, uh, you know, we we don't move uh, students out uh, too quickly uh, because we want uh, the RTI support to be effective. And uh, if if what we have put in place, if it's not working, if the tool that we have chosen uh, it is not effective, then we might switch that, right? We might try something a little bit different um, or, or maybe a different time of day or, or it could be, could be you know, a multitude of things. Again, just trying to pinpoint what's going to work for that child. Uh, if we need to go a little bit more uh, intense, then we would move to Tier 3. Um, mm-hmm. And so Tier 3 would offer a little bit more time during the day, so that would be 45 minutes uh, could be a, a change in the actual intervention program that we're using. Again, just trying to close that that gap, uh, whatever that, that academic uh, skill is that needs the assistance. Um, and then we go the other way too. You know, if we see that uh, through enough data points that a, a student is closing that gap, then we just we kind of slowly remove those supports until they can be successful in the classroom without or the limited amount of intervention, what they would normally receive at the Tier 1 level. And do these 45-minute sessions or 30-minute sessions, whatever they are, do those occur during the school day, before, after? What's the mix? Actually, there is a mix. So we have um, some students who receive it during the school day. Majority of our kids receive it during the school day. It's an extra block of time with that interventionist or, like he said, another teacher that specializes in either reading or math. Um Honestly, majority of our schools have 45 minutes scheduled within their schedule. So even though we say 30 minutes for Tier 2, I think most of our kids, Tier 2 and Tier 3, are receiving 45 minutes based on school schedules because we just built that in. We do have kids who need support in both reading and math, and that's harder to fit in during the day. So we have our programs, uh, LEAPS program that happens before and after school. So we do talk to families sometimes and ask them, is there any way you would be willing to let them come in the morning or stay 45 minutes in the afternoon? And then we re- they receive their intervention during that time as well. So it, it um, it's a time where they can get some special focus. Um, are they they're not working alone with an interventionist all of that time, right? They're, no. The interventionist has several students oh, absolutely. working together. Different programs that we use really specify the, the number of kids 
that make that program most successful in the research. So um, some of our programs, we can have up to 20 students in a class, but a lot of our programs really 10 and under. Some of our kids in um, Tier 3, we really like to see three to four kids in that Mm -hmm. group so they can get that intense um, attention. So what kind of special training or special skills does an interventionist or just an RTI instructor, who I guess is an interventionist in that sense, what kind of skills do they bring to the table? Uh, Is it just their normal skills with mathematics and with with, uh, communication with English? Or is it, um, um, do they get special training to be this interventionist? We actually, they, they take their teacher knowledge, of course. Mm-hmm, of course. And then we add to that in professional development with the programs that we actually use. Um, something that we've done the last couple of years, and I think with the ESSER funds, we've been able to do a better job of that. Um, before we had different schools having different interventions there were we were intervention rich but we weren't really watching the data on some of those so we pulled back a lot of those and then as a district we've said okay here's your list and we gave a spreadsheet that said if your child has a phonics issue if if they have a comprehension and we've listed the programs that we want the interventionist to use at tier two and tier three so the professional development came in in those actual programs so if that's a wilson reading program, if that's an iReady math, whatever the programs are that they are teaching and responsible for, then we're providing the professional development. And then they're always going to use their teacher skills and teacher moves, but we we do have those specific programs. Good, good. I, I know it's important to them, and, and uh, uh, again, it's important to that young man or that young lady that uh, uh, they, they develop these skills and and uh, this program helps them get there. We're going to take a quick break and be back for Local Matters. Welcome back to Local Matters. We are talking about response to intervention in Putnam County Schools, and we're talking to Jason Stickler and Melanie Bussell, and we're, uh, we're sort of focused on the student and the experience they go through uh, during the day as, as they're in this program. And, Melanie, I think you were saying... Every student in the school has an RTI period, in effect, that they they do something together. That is correct. It's like we mentioned earlier. Sometimes that RTI carries a negative sigma, so that's why some schools have changed that school-wide 45-minute time to win or focus. So... Um, Each student, no matter what their percentile score is, whether it's the 10th percentile all the way to the 92nd percentile or 100th percentile, really, 0 to 100, during that 45-minute block of time, every student goes to a different location, um, not their homeroom teacher, but to a different location based upon their specific needs, and they receive the programs that we have based on that skill deficit or that enrichment. So we're really pushing our 92nd and above kids um, based on their data. We're looking at their strengths. Where do they need to be stretched? 
We have kids, and you might hear the terminology, bubble groups. So those bubble kiddos are right there sitting at the 40, 50, 60 percentile, and we really think we can push them on to that 70th percentile and get that end-of-year score up. Um, and then we're intervening down there with some of those lower-ended percentile scores. And so everyone has somewhere to go. It, there should be zero stigma to this. It is all about individual students getting their individual needs met. And how long has the program been uh, moving in public? Putnam County at this point? 12? Probably about 12 years, 12 I would say. So mm-hmm. it's it's fairly mature. Yes. It's been around long enough that we can tell that it's, it's working. Uh, what have been the big challenges? The stigmatism is one thing, or the stigma associated with it, but are, are there any mechanical challenges or challenges inside the schools? I think since Jason actually came to the district and took the RTI coordinator role, we did not have a coordinator before. Um, so therefore it's like multiple supervisors were trying to oversee and I don't know that we were as honed in and focused as we needed to be to make sure that the programs that we were offering and the students that we were serving and looking at the correct data. So I think we've really honed in since Jason came to Putnam County and we've really tweaked our procedures and we're really trying to tighten it up and make sure that we really are giving kids what they need and that we're inspecting it then, that we are inspecting what they're receiving. Does the data show that it's working? And if it's not, then we're not going to have kids sit there. We're going to make a move. We're going to change a program. We're going to change a teacher. We're going to change an amount of time. So I think procedurally, we've come a long way in the last five years. I think from a curriculum standpoint, too, and, and our, our ESSER, believe our exact number, uh, don't know right off the top of my head, but approximately it was over a million dollars that we put from our ESSER funds into our RTI program. And one of the big kind of mindsets that we had was that the programs that we were going to use in Tier 2 and Tier three supports, we wanted them directly tied back to the curriculum that was being taught in the tier one classroom. And when you look at the multitude of products that are available for purchase or to use for student supports in tier two and tier three, um, that was a a, a challenge. But I think uh, we've moved in the right direction there. You know, so for instance, our, our math concepts that we might, our supports that we might offer students in tier two and tier three for math are directly tied back, should be directly di- tied back to what they're doing with the regular education classroom in, you know, in tier one. The same thing with reading too, you know, with our, with our amplified core curriculum, you know, our interventions are tied, the, the strategies that are used to help a student with letter naming, letter sounds, comprehension. Uh, if they go and work with a, a an interventionist for 30 minutes, they're receiving the same strategies that they would receive when everybody goes back to their regular classroom you know, after RTI. Good. How, uh, tell me a little bit about the role of technology in this. Um, does a student interact in a Google platform environment? Do they interact primarily um, with a student? I always think about just the, the faculty member with a piece of chalk and a chalkboard, and that's a different world than than these students see today, isn't it? So you've got some technology that you work with, I assume, in this? We have some, but that will never replace the teacher for us in Putnam County. Um, The direct instruction from a teacher. So all of the programs that we have purchased are either small group 
one-on-one or one to five, six with a teacher um, for a set period of time. But then there's some rotation. So there is a technology piece, but a child would never be on a computer more than 15, 20 minutes at a time because we do small group rotations. So we at one point in Putnam had all online platforms for RTI. That was not very successful for us. We know that it takes that good teacher sitting in front of that student with other students around for feedback and just good peer models. So it's a combination. I don't know if you want to add anything to that, Jason. Yeah. And, and you know, one thing that, that we're really proud of our, our teachers for and uh, definitely c- could not move in the direction that we are without our, our staff, unbelievable staff, uh, our team. And, you know, one thing that, that we like to see is the interventionist communicating with uh, the, the teacher. Uh, with with the students, other teacher, and and we want all those conversations kind of moving and working together for you know to be the best for our students, and so that's why we don't want you know not saying there's anything wrong with technology or you know right. technology programs, yeah. not saying that it's just you know that that human connection. You know we believe in that here, and and we want to try to foster that as much as we can. That's great. Let's talk a minute about English language learners. We've seen growth in that program across the nation in these past few years, so. Talk about how RTI affects them. So when a student first comes into our system, um, they they receive EL services. And so sometimes RTI and EL services occur at that same time during that 45-minute block of time. So EL services would always trump RTI. But what we like to do is look at a child's schedule, and we like to double up is what we call it. So if they can receive their EL services and then also receive a reading program, then we want to give both. So we're looking for ways can we do that in the morning during leaps or afternoon because their their EL time is blocked out pretty much. But we have found ways to find an extra 15, 20 minutes throughout a school day um, for those kids to receive some of the programs that we have in RTI. And Melanie, you've mentioned leaps. I think both of you have. Uh, let's make sure our listeners know what leaps is too. Okay. So that is our before and after school program. Right. Those are grant funded. Um, you can talk to your school um, administrators about that program because that's open for a lot of kids to go to, to get extra academic help. So we do have classes in the morning and we have classes in the afternoon and there's also bus transportation for those kiddos to stay along with an afternoon snack and we know it works we know those kind of programs help that student and we also have so that's a two-hour block of time in the afternoon so you may focus on one hour of academics but we have lots of things we have um, musical instrument classes we have exercise classes arts crafts I can't even think of all the things that Brenda Hewitt and her program have to offer by school but it's not just do more academics for two hours in the afternoon. There's lots of other things that their kids can reach out and look into different areas. I know there's a robotics program out there. Yes, for sure. (laughs) So uh, you're right. There are plenty of extra activities that kids can wrap their arms around and get excited about and uh, that will help them grow. Um, And that's that's something RTI is is clearly, clearly focused on. Well, there are a number of children in our area who are in special education, um, and they they have some challenges that um, many children don't face. Can special ed kids benefit from RTI, and is there a program focused on them? 
Absolutely there is. Um, so we work very closely with special education. And so if a student is making good progress, they they, re, they have programs within special education just like we do. We want to make sure that those programs are different. So if they do come back or if they're in RTI and do move to special ed, that that's not that we're not repeating the same thing that wasn't working to begin with. So but we have special ed kids all the time, data team meetings. That's one of my largest celebrations actually is when I'm sitting in a data team meeting and I hear this kid's been receiving some resource services with an IEP and now they've grown to the point that we're going to move them out and they don't even have to come to tier three they're even going to jump up to tier two that just makes your heart happy and there's lots of smiles in the room I you can't imagine how many kids with a learning disability you wouldn't know that I mean we we that has nothing to do with anything they're going to go they're going to succeed it's just how do we give the intervention that best services them? It has nothing to do with the capability of where they can go and what they can do. We can put those kiddos into college just like any other kid. We just have to intervene in the middle and high school and elementary levels to get them there and make sure that they get what they need. So, yes, it is fluid. We can go back and forth, and that's what we want to do. We wish there were zero labels, actually. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I wish uh, some way we, we would get to a society where the labels uh, – go away, but I uh, I don't know if we'll live long enough to <laughs> to do that. Well, I, maybe our last topic for the day, and I just want a very brief comment on it. We've got 30 or 40 seconds. Um, I hear a lot on the radio and in other places about learning loss related to the pandemic. That's a nationwide thing. It, it, in fact, it's a worldwide thing, but how much did we see learning loss here I know you can't totally quantify it. How much did we see it, and how long will it take to recover, do you think? Uh, we saw a little bit here, uh, especially in the area of math, uh, a little bit in reading. Um, but I think, you know, you know, Putnam County, uh, our leadership team, uh, our principals, our admin, and, and our teachers uh, really did a tremendous job over the last couple of years ensuring that our kids did not suffer, uh, you know, great substantial learning loss. Right. And so, you know, what we're working with now are really a lot of students who might have just fell just right below the cusp of being proficient or where they would have been prior to the pandemic, you know. So we're going to continue, you know, our mission of making sure that every student is successful uh, in Putnam County. We are incredibly blessed here in our district to have the resources and the team that we do. Um and and we're just excited about that, you know, and and our numbers, we have no doubt that they're going to continue. They're going to improve. They're going to continue to improve. Um, and, and so we're we're just we're very excited about that. Well, that's great. The um, I, I think the key element in that is it happened worldwide, but it's recoverable. And our kids Most are going to do just just fine with uh, with recovering from that. Well, Jason and Melanie, it has been an honor to have you on the program Thanks for the important and the great work that you're doing. And um, we'll look forward to having you back sometime to talk further about this and other subjects. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you.